Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My public service announcement, in case I missed you when service began, bear with me. My voice um, has succumbed to my arch nemesis ragweed this week. Um, I tested several times over the past couple days, so it's nothing more than that. But um, we may have to work through this one together this morning. There's an interesting term that's actually given to folks who enjoy tightrope walking. Those brave souls who like to be suspended high in the air between two points. The term that's actually given to them is called fun ambulists, fun walkers. Not two words I'd put together for that hobby or career as someone who does not enjoy heights that much. But nonetheless, it is fun to them. They're always honing their craft. Apparently, they always are finding ways to counterbalance their steps and ways to raise and lower their arms and even poles and things to keep them on balance. Interestingly, they'll tell you that they are never really on balance when they're on a high wire. In fact, they say the opposite is quite true. They're always off balance, but making small pivots that give them the momentum to move to their other side, whatever that might be. It sounds and looks so minute to us who might watch them, but as I watched my five-year-old this week after dropping her at school trying to walk the curb, we know that keeping our balance is not an easy thing to do in any circumstance. And so they will actually tell you that for those who embark on this discipline, they all start by making the same flawed mistake. They'll put their foot out on a wire, they look at their foot, they look at the wire, and after a step or maybe two, they'll fall off. And so those who help train them will tell them the first thing they must learn is to look not at your feet nor the wire, but rather to look to the other side where it is you are headed and to focus your gaze thereupon. And in so doing, you're not as focused on all the, the, the movements, but rather kind of a steady gaze on where your destination would be. In many ways, um, I find this is a great analogy uh, for Christians as we pass through life, is it not? There are so many things that knock us off balance through life, so many things that come at us, either our own choosing or, or just uh, the circumstances of the sinful and fallen world in which we live. And if we focus on those things too much, it's so easy to get lost in the midst of them. And so we need these reminders from time to time, these simple and yet simply profound truths that if we fix our gaze, not just on a destination, but on the one therein, upon God himself, it steadies our feet for the journey. Sometimes we just need those simple reminders in the midst of the Christian life. And we have one today, actually, in Psalm 122, if you'd turn there with me. And we look at a familiar psalm together in your Bible or your bulletin and discover some lessons that remind us about this as we journey through life. If you open to this passage in any Bible, typically it will be titled the Song of Ascents. It's one of several psalms that you may know. We're part of really a, a Jewish liturgy when pilgrims would make their way to Jerusalem at least once a year. 
from wherever they reside all over the country and making that pilgrimage, at some point their feet would stand right beneath an image similar to this on some side of that great city, looking up at that city on a hill, at Jerusalem itself. Their eyes would be fixed on the Temple Mount where God's glory dwelled and where they would ascend to worship. And so as they would ascend, quite literally, that hill, that mountain, um, they would recount these words to remind themselves where the source of their help comes. It would do more than just serve as a literal reminder, though. In fact, those words probably were more uh, poignant when they'd leave worship, and they would look back out on the valley below and their descent back into life. And as they would do so, they would recount in, in this way, as the psalmist writes, um, where their help comes from, a theme for us to reflect upon as well. In this first two verses, it's really a near and dear, almost first-person dialogue, almost with oneself. Um, I'll lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from. My help comes from the Lord who has made heaven and earth. Let's dwell on that for just a moment. What a wonderful reminder. The Lord who fashions the hills upon which the city, the seat of God's glory, dwelt in the old covenant um, the one who fashioned that, who fashioned the depths of the sea that we know, who fashioned, as the psalmist writes, we ourselves in our mother's womb. He it is who helps us, who sustains us, and who didn't just set all things into being and then step back, but then, of course, as we know, steps into the very creation that he formed and fashioned out of nothing to redeem and restore us in the person of Jesus Christ. And that wonderful reminder that we need from time to time when we ourselves wonder where, where in the midst of life is our help, where is our consolation, um, it comes from the Lord. And, and so this morning, <clears throat> as simple as this may be, might we be reminded to lift up our eyes in the midst of life? I know that each of you brings something in here today. It could be just the, the mundane of life. And in the midst of the ho-hum and the ups and the downs and the normal rhythms of life, might I say to you, lift up your eyes. For those of you who come in with heavy hearts, with um, trials and tribulations as the colics go, and things that weigh you down, might I remind you to lift up your eyes. For those of you who come in with triumphs and joys this morning, might I remind you to lift your eyes even higher than those things upon the one who formed and fashioned us to perform those things. Lift up your eyes upon the Lord, who made you, who formed you, and who fashioned you. What does that look like? Not just metaphorically to lift up our eyes. Um, as we do that, we have some reminders towards that end. That God himself, as we move into verse 3 and following, as we move into kind of a, a third-person narrative throughout the rest of this psalm, it is he, God, who will not let your foot be moved. It's an idiom. It's, a, it's an expression to remind us that he will steady our steps. He will steady our path in the midst of life. He who does so will neither slumber nor sleep. Behold, he who keeps watch over the entire nation of Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. 
coming off of verse 1 and this reminder of the creation narrative um, calls to mind Genesis 1, right? And, and the, the, the way in which God formed and fashioned the world. Do you remember how each creation cycle ends? It's the same every time. And there was evening and there was morning, a first, fourth, sixth day. Have you ever thought about that? Evening and then morning. Wouldn't it be morning and then evening? But no, in many ways, akin to this psalm, it serves to remind us that God is at work even when we are not. The God who forms and fashions things even while we rest does not rest. He's still got it. He's still in charge. He's still in control. As we uh, lay down our heads at night, um, therein perhaps is a reminder for us the posture in which we lift up our eyes. We don't just fix our gaze upon the Lord, but in so doing, we also um, have a posture of surrender, just as we do when we go to sleep. And as we think about that, even in the nights when there is no sleep, when you're up with all of the trials of things that keep you awake in the silence of the night, God is still at work. He's still moving. He's still redeeming. He's still restoring. His kingdom is still ushering in time and time again. And thus we need that reminder from time to time that we just merely need to surrender to his care. I needed that reminder this week. It was, I lose count, either on Monday or Tuesday or both. I was dealing with lots of little buildings and grounds, whack-a-mole things. And after I was on from phone call to phone call trying to resolve an issue, I hung up the phone and I was in a quiet church, but I audibly said, Lord, this is yours. I just cannot figure it out. It baffles me. You're just going to have to fix it. And no sooner did I finish my audible plea then that peace that passes all understanding, which we're dismissed with, just washed over me. I knew that, but sometimes we just have to get to that place where we remember that indeed he is in control, and if we would yet lift up our gaze upon him and then surrender to his care, he'll take care of those things. It requires an act of our will to place ourselves before him. So wherever um, today finds you, whatever you bring in here, as you surrender to his care in that way, he will tend to us and tend to those things. This is the first um, in verse 3 of six times that we see that word keep. It, it continues in verses 5, 6, 7, and 8. Each a reminder that the Lord will keep us. He'll guard us. Here um, we see in verse 5, uh, we're reminded the Lord is our watchman, that, that he is able to keep watch over all aspects of our lives. He is the only one who can truly guard us from the elements and things that we cannot control, the sun by night or day and the moon by night. He has us in his loving care. And even in the times of greatest trials, it is he and he alone who can deliver us from evil, as Jesus reminded us and as we're reminded in that parable of the persistent widow, as we come before him, our pleas do not go on deaf ears, but he alone can pluck us from those situations. He alone can keep our lives. He will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Not just today, not just in the midst of the trials, not just in the midst of the triumphs, but every day, day in and day out. He's watched kings and kingdoms rise and fall. Nations come into being and go out of being. He's watched the wisest minds 
um, breathe their last. And yet, he, the fount of all wisdom, knowledge, power, and might, remains and resides and tends to his flock. And thus, as we zoom out in that final portion, where it should leave us is, is, a, is a simple and simply profound reminder that as we recall God's transcendent care for us and for all of creation, it leaves us in a place to remember that he is in control. He always has been and he always will be, lest we forget in the midst of life. And so perhaps it's Christians that are more the fun ambulists if they walk with our Lord Jesus in this life, the ones that in the midst of life don't worry about the things themselves, but focus upon the one who put us uh, in his loving care and formed and fashioned us and brought us into being. And thus, as we focus upon him, we find our hope and our strength. This psalm, um, I love our tradition as Anglicans, is always a part of midday prayer. If you've never had a practice of that, it's a really short, almost five-minute um, service that you do. This is one of a few psalms that's selected for that time of day, and wonderfully so, because what better need do we need reminding of in the midst of the morning that is drawn to a close with all the things on your checklist that never got done um, and all the things that yet remain in the rest of the day that as we spend a few moments um, regaining our, 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 our wits before heading out after all the things that lie before us in the afternoon, we lift up our eyes upon our help, reminding ourselves and being reminded in the words of Scripture that it is upon he and he alone that we fix our gaze to find help and comfort and he alone who can tend to etch in every need. So I'd encourage you, this would be a great passage to commit to memory and find a way to just include it in the rhythms of your day because it helps us, it assists us to stay focused in the midst of all the things um, that can grab our attention, the decisions, the crossroads, um, the things that catch us off guard, even the things we're prepared for mentally, but once we get into them, um, they, they take more time and energy than we ever imagined. Then in the midst of those things, God is there. And if we would but come to him and surrender those things before him, he will and always has taken care of each and every need, not as we want, but as he knows is best for his honor and glory and the advancement of his kingdom as we surrender to him. So this morning, take heart. Sometimes we just need those reminders. And what a wonderful one we have today in Psalm 122. So that as we continue on that seeming tightrope throughout life, we keep our gaze fixed upon the one who stands not on the other side, but who walks with us to steady our feet along the way. So that as we reach the other side, we reach calm pastures in his presence forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.